0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Vinci Hair Podcast. My name is Josh. Um, today, we've got a fantastic guest for you in the shape of Neil. Neil, nice to see you. Hello. How's it going?
1: Wonderful, actually.
0: All the way from Manchester. That's right. Yeah. I'm down on the train this morning. Fantastic. Red or blue? Uh, blue. Okay. Well, this is a great start. <laughs> uh, happy days after I'm a weekend. Chelsea fan, so okay. I, mean, I can't comment at all. So. No problem. <laughs> um, no, but listen, really great to see you. Um, obviously, working for Vinci now? Yeah, I'm coming into my fifth year now. Yeah, how are you finding it? wonderful
1: yeah it's been a, a great opportunity that uh, Dr Bjornson gave me many many years ago and uh, yeah I've relished in the uh, in the role and the great thing is about helping people mm. you know trying to achieve the goals and um, making them feel more
0: confident in themselves. Mm. So, so r- r- run me back to the, to, to the start so as I said so from Manchester originally mm-hmm. did you grow
1: up there? Or? Yes I was born in Manchester and uh, when we was uh, six months old, the family moved to Australia for four and a half years. Oh, uh, really? We came back uh, again back to to Manchester, and then I joined the uh, the military in um, when I was seventeen. So okay. I did ten years in the military, and then came out and then did a bit of uh, global uh, trotting. So where'd uh, you go? Uh, I went to Canada for a year, and then okay. down to Los Angeles for uh, for two and a half years. How That's was that? unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, Really, really amazing. At one point I had uh, an oceanfront apartment uh, in Redondo Beach for for six months and the lifestyle was just wow.
0: So why did you come back?
1: I've been on the road, you know, um, in the army for 10 years, um, yeah. over there for three years, and uh, basically I just fe- felt a bit homesick. Yeah. So I came back and
0: uh, regretted it ever <laughs> since. <laughs> <laughs> I can well imagine, God. And so th- so, you, so you you came back from the army, or so you left the army and then went and then went sort of on a... Sort of a belated gap year, I guess you yes, could call sense it. Yeah, that's off, yeah. Fantastic. And then, so what did you do workwise then when you came back from that, that gap year? When I came back into the uh, the UK, mm. uh, I
1: went into the uh, the hard knock sales. So I worked for a big um, PLC company. It was mm-hmm. a company called Danka PLC. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were the second largest uh, photocopier company. So okay. uh, it was hard work.
0: Was that after Xerox, I guess? Um, or-
1: yeah. It more of a private uh, okay. um, side, but they were they were huge. At one point, they used to sponsor Everton, Danke, yeah, S- yeah, yeah, Yeah,
0: God, yeah, that is a that is going back some, been eh, about many many years. Crikey, yeah. I think who was sponsoring Chelsea? I think it was probably it was Cause. Would it have been Cause around that time? So was sort could of like been, early early to mid 90s yeah. something like that, yeah. and so. And so, how, so, so you obviously worked worked in that field, and and uh, obviously now working working at Vinci. Tell me a little bit about about the the, the journey with your hair as well. So, how did it all had it all manifest itself? Obviously, taking a great interest in it, and obviously we've been mm-hmm. speaking off camera as well. Your knowledge of it is really is really paramount. So, how did you how did you find yourself going down the journey of of, of hair loss, and then also hair revival as okay, well? Okay, let's start from.
1: What I would normally ask a client, you know, do you have hereditary hair loss that runs within the family? Very, very important question. Um, my father uh, went to the grave with a full head of hair, same as his dad. Now, my mother's uh, father was bald as a coop. Um, <laughs> he was uh, stage seven. Right. Okay, um, we use a scale called the Norwood-Hamilton scale, so it's the lowest number on that scale, and um, he he was. Um, dead, you know, 10 years before I was even born. Mm. And um, what happens is you you, you get the gene and it's passed on to you and your gene will dictate when you're going to go bald, you know, how severe it's going to be and what stage um, in your life that's going to happen to you. So if we was to fast forward um, to when I was 25, my uh, temporal apexes, the corners, Mm -hmm. went really quite high. And then nothing happened after that. It was stable. How, how old are you at this point? So I was 25, 26. Okay. Okay, so really high uh, corners had gone. Yeah. Um, but the rest of the hair was was fine. Right. And I didn't really see any problems until I did some steroid abuse in the gym. Okay. In weights uh, when I was 42. Yeah. And within th- uh, three months of taking steroids, mm-hmm. I lost uh, around about four inches in the crown.
0: Mm-hmm. So I think it's, it's interesting you said that. I mean, uh, something that I've seen more frequently i think with the you talk about steroid taking steroids mm-hmm. and performing enhancing drugs whether it's anabar dianabol whatever it is test all of these sort of well maybe maybe less us say test but there seems to be obviously an uptick in people taking taking steroids and you know part of the sort of whole Image-conscious society that we live in today, as well as also the hair falling out, is it is is it a foregone conclusion that if you do take these steroids that your hair will fall out as a guy, or is it, is I, it kind of in the hands of God? I would personally
1: say it's based on individuals. If you've got somebody who's got hereditary hair loss from both sides of the family. Mm then the chances are if they take any type of steroids, it's going to be m- more active. But again, it, we have to look at every customer, every mm-hmm. patient um, as a unique individual mm. um, because they may be in a, in a different uh, journey to, mm. to somebody else. We see people who are completely bald mm-hmm. at um, 19, 20, 21 years of age. You know, um, We see other people who don't see any form of hair loss until they're, uh, they're 50 you know so mm. y- just because you take something doesn't mean necessarily mm. that you will have hair loss however the percentages will probably dictate something's going to happen and with myself it happened very very quickly so this was around about 2005 um, and at that point, um, my hairdresser, who's actually the official hairdresser for Man United, so when I go in and have my hair cut, I can't talk football. Plug. Um, but there was him, his business partner, who's unfortunately not with us now. Uh, we went to see a specialist doctor. and uh, it, This was in Manchester? This was in Manchester in yeah. 2005. So he provided us, and at the time, I could never remember what it was called. So I used to call it the magic lotion potion okay. and the magic pill. And uh, basically, I saw you know um, some um, some results uh, because not all the follicle units were dead, right? Um, so we managed to rescue a few, and I stayed on that treatment for over three years. Um, at that time, I was in the mortgage game, I was a mortgage broker, and uh, unfortunately, the credit crunch hit in um, in mid 2007, 2008, and uh, for 18 months, I didn't receive any income because every time we tried to place business. All the uh, either the lenders were going bust, they were changing the criteria. It was a very very difficult time, so I couldn't afford the uh, the treatment. That had to stop. You know, a few months later, um, I couldn't afford a haircut, so out came the clippers, and I literally gave up on my hair until we got to about two thousand and seventeen. And then I thought my ears are getting a bit bigger. We need to <laughs> camouflage it. So um, you know, we started on some some treatments. So that was my introduction to uh, Tavinci Hair Clinic.
0: And so with this with this hair t- with the uh, the magic potion or the magic lotion, as you said, I mean I've always got visions of. <clears throat> Remember the uh, I don't know if you've seen the Simpsons episode where Homer takes the magic potion. No, I don't. So there's a, obviously Homer's very famously bald and mm-hmm. there's a, there's a great scene in the Simpsons. a great clip where he takes a magic potion and goes to bed and wakes up the next day with a full head of hair. Um, and of course all the sort of the, the usual tropes come out. So he gets all the attention from colleagues. He gets the attention from, from other women in the work, in the working environment and all this sort of stuff. And it's, um and there is this sort of feeling of instant uh, that there's going to be a very quick, quick, um, What's the word for it? Results. Yeah, quick result. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, so, that, that, but this was so this was back in two thousand and five, and of course, it was back. I mean, I can only imagine back then. I mean, when I did my transplant, you know, it, you know last year, you, st- you still got some raised eyebrows from people, but back in two thousand and five and and earlier. I can imagine that there, w- you, there wasn't probably that much information out there. You wouldn't, it was a, sort of a... No, because 2005, if my memory serves me
1: well, um, when we had the internet, we were still plugging the uh, the computers into the wall sockets. Uh, so if you tried to <laughs> ring up a friend, it was beep, 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 you know. Uh, but I was still getting people at that point uh, mm. saying to me, I was going to get uh, some side effects from the treatment. And, and
0: some people do. You such know, as s- what were some of the side effects um,
1: the main one is ED yeah okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually had something which was quite unique and I remember asking Dr Bjornsson the question mm. I had an opposite effect because what you have is the, the hormone DHT uh, it's really a coming together of your testosterone and yeah. the enzymes 5-alpha reductase. Mm. When they come together, they're literally, um, in plain English, stopping the, the blood supply getting to the follicle unit so yeah. the hairs gradually get thinner and thinner and thinner until they die. Yeah. So when you look at taking the treatment, you, you're almost like controlling the 5-alpha reductase, And if you can control that, then basically you'll get more blood supply. And I got an increase in testosterone and I also got a big increase in libido you know so it was Win-win. it's not something that uh, you read too mm-hmm. much on the internet about the positives you only seem to read about the negatives this is a treatment that's helped millions of men you know over 3 decades stop losing hair it stabilizes the hair loss and it's very very important the uh, the magic lotion potion which is uh, monoxidal, um, this basically is a vasodilator and it opens up the capillary veins so it allows more blood in okay so again these are still two of what i would call the foundational treatments Uh, so if you've got the right food source minerals nutrients and vitamins you've got a vasodilator and you've got a dht blocker which is finasteride Okay, um, there's different types of DHT blockers, uh, salt palmetto, um, which is basically stick your toe in the water, you'll get a little bit of uh, protection, but not too much. Uh, Finasteride, which has been, uh, which is the main one, it's an oral tablet that most people take, it's the cheapest option. Um, and, you know, there's also uh, Dutasteride, um, which is the strongest medication, we don't recommend
0: people to, uh, to go on that one too often. When you say strong, what is, uh, is are you talking in more, the, side effects, much more side effects? Potentially, yeah. okay, and those are the side effects, mm. so like ED or anything else yeah.
1: I can imagine. So it's, it's it's more powerful. Yeah. So we don't recommend uh, this at the uh, at the clinic.
0: So when so so back so we're going back to two thousand and five when obviously you, you you embarked upon the the journey of restoring the hair loss mm-hmm. and that was with the magic potion as you said and of course the financial crisis in two thousand and seven oh eight as well, um, and then you met Salva. Mm-hmm. Um, Run me through, what w- you obviously wanted to go back down this journey of, 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 of it restoring was, It was hair. more of
1: a case I had my own business, and the industry we were in was having a really, really bad time. And um, financially, it wasn't stable. So, like most people, they start looking around. Mm. And I saw uh, a job advert that came up. And uh, I had a number of uh, telephone interviews, uh, one with um, the chief operating officer, um, the other one was with the cfo and then i had one with um, with dr bjornson which was a very very interesting let's say an hour call and um yeah he, he offered me a position uh, without even coming face to face so um, and this was obviously after the pr- procedure the, that you had yeah th- no this this oh, was this going back in um, in 2019 oh, okay. so when i saw the ad or responded yeah, it, okay. to it that was the recruitment uh, thing coming in and, um, yeah, literally I came down to London and um, we, we started on the training and then basically I was up into Manchester and I was covering Newcastle, Leeds, Sheffield uh, and uh, it was it was it was a bit of a slog on the road. I can <laughs> um, imagine, yeah. And then COVID hit um, yeah, and course, at that yeah. point I was actually booked in for my first hair transplant uh, in Malaga. It's an agreement that we had with Dr Bjornsson. Um, that's a I have a video done and I thought this is only gonna help me so I can show people what the clinic is all about and to you know to have it in in Malaga because they hadn't done any uh, films for a few years so uh, we had an agreement I was booked in for surgery on the 26th of March 2020 and we all know what happened. God
0: yeah we do yeah because that was the in fact it was that day that I flew I flew out to Brazil so like, I, I, it was the 26th or the 27th I remember getting the last mm. flight out of London and as I was flying over the Atlantic overnight, I remember landing in Sao Paulo, and the newspapers had already said that all the borders were, ne- were then closed, and that was it. And so was I was in. Stuck. <laughs> <laughs> Worst places to be stuck. Yeah, um, uh, I've not been. So you've not been?
1: Uh, no, I'm trying to work on uh, Dr. Bjornson sending me over.
0: <laughs> Get down to Sao Paulo. Yeah, uh, but uh, like no, I said, that's where I got my transplant yeah. done. I got mine done in in Alphaville in mm-hmm. Sao Paulo. Um, yeah, amazing experience. I mean. Um, yeah, so, you know, I think that's sort of one of the, I mean, one of the uh, things about sort of going through a surgery, you want to feel that you're in very capable hands, naturally, okay? But I think, yeah, for me, but being in Brazil was just absolutely phenomenal. The people out there that were working with me and helping me and walking me through, it mm-hmm. was just, you know, it was absolutely incredible. And, of course, for you going out to Malaga as well, I mean, that's not, a bad, not exactly a bad place to end up, is it? It's a
1: wonderful clinic. I mean, you have one of the most sincere caring wonderful and exceptionally talented surgeons over there yeah Um, she's just absolutely incredible and i often say to my patients the way she runs the clinic is like a rolex watch really um the beauty uh, one of the things i like about malaga is is a single surgery so when the the clinic door closes behind you it's all about you Hmm. and it's it's an amazing feeling the, uh, the the nurses um, that work with the uh, with the doctor just absolutely incredible um, they just make you feel wonderful and and the experience was was phenomenal you know no pain through through the uh, through the treatment in the afternoon session um, I was given Valium and this, okay. was, this was on the first surgery unfortunately I woke myself up about three or four times snoring <laughs> <laughs> so um, when I actually had the second one I refused to take it did you uh, yeah because I, I was embarrassed that i was snoring away but uh, the girls um there were two of the nurses still there and they had a little giggle and that's said, quite good i'm was not good. taking <laughs> this at uh, this time so i just ended up watching some netflix um, for the second one but yeah it's just f- f- phenomenal you know when i had uh, when i finished the surgery after the first one um i hear a lot of people that like, go to other clinics um abroad i'm not going to name the country but you've probably got a good indication and they come back and they say the pains like with a lot of them is excruciating we use a state-of-the-art compressed gas um, delivery system and it's almost like somebody's flicking you on the back of the head with with a pen you know the pain threshold i would say is about two out of ten if you have needles it can be about 14 out of 10, you know, and some people said they would never have a hair transplant, not because of the, any other part of the procedure, just the local anaesthetic.
0: Yeah, I mean, I my the local ana- anaesthetic for me was, do you know, I, its bark is worse than its bite. I think. Mm-hmm. I think if you if you go in with the idea that it's going to be agonising, it probably will be. I think if you if you, if you if you actually sit down and really think about it, it's not it's not so bad. Also, I was distracted by England's dismal ap- performance against Iran because right. I was watching it. This was a during okay. the World Cup, so I was watching it, down there and then I was I was more shocked at people like Jordan Henderson than I was mm. <laughs> at what was going into the back of my head. Yeah, just going back onto that again. Mm. I also think it's the skill of
1: the medical teams. Yeah, definitely. You know, if you've got somebody who is not really caring Mm. and you're just a cuddly toy on a conveyor belt getting stuffed with needles, um, I could imagine it being extremely painful. You know, I'm sure all of us have been to a dentist and every now and again they've stuck a needle and you're going, oh! (laughs) And you want to swear, but uh, you choose not to. Mm. Um, But... If if you know some of these guys that I speak to, they've been through some severe pain, and uh, we don't. Have, I don't no. come across that with, with with ourselves, and certainly with the uh, with the compressed gas system, it's um, it's a very very good way to have it done.
0: Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I, the, the the compressed gas system. It's not something I've 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 read that much about, but I have heard. Uh, other other patients who have had their transplant comment on it that what well, did you say it was like flicking it's almost like somebody's got a
1: pen yeah, yeah, yeah just flicking you on the back of the head so you hear this bop if i was to flick a pen on the table there that's what it sounds like yeah. and you just have a number of them um, yeah. going around into the donor area and Isn't that it's great,
0: mate? Yeah. So, what, so, I mean, obviously, for doing your first hair transplant in a foreign country, was mm-hmm. there any? Was there any? Um, you said, of course, it's a it's a, it's a single surgery. So, mm-hmm. it's. A, I mean, in, in in and of itself, it's a it's a much more. Uh, what's the word for it? It's a much more, cosier environment than if you're going to a big, massive marauding clinic in a foreign yes. country. Was there any? What, what, did you have any 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 trepidation about doing it? Was there any sort of last minute? Um, not, not, not fear, nerves. But yeah, nerves. Yeah, nerves. Just general so, nerves. I think
1: you're going in for surgery, mm. and yes, you know you have that little bit of apprehension, uh, you know, a little bit worried. And this is a question that um, get does get raised. You know, uh, what are the the, the the concerns? What are the risks? Mm. And you know, I turn around to a lot of the patients and I go, look, <clears throat> we're not putting you under. This is not general anaesthetic. And literally, all that we're going to you is take follicle units from here and stick them in the front here. Um, we have unbelievably well trained medical teams. Nothing is subcontracted out. These are teams that work together all the time. Mm. And uh, when you have that, you know, uh, the results are going to be great. And, um, you know, if you'll see some of the pictures of how bad my hair was at one point. Then you'll you'll understand that
0: I've got pretty good results for quite an old guy. And don't ask me my age. I was <laughs> say, how old is that? Uh, I think we've, uh, I think we've got some images. Though. I think we can get those up on the up on the screen, can't we? Yeah, we've got okay. some images yeah. of I think it'd be good to see just yeah. a light for light comparison. Yeah, and you know
1: it's one once you've so answering your question, going to Spain. Mm. I was actually I was as I mentioned before, I was due to have it in twenty twenty, um, then COVID hit. And then, as soon as uh, Spain came off the, the red list, um, I was like a wrapper drain pipe. I bet you. you, know, you were, yeah. Oop, let's get this yeah. done. Uh, because it was an agreement that I had with Dr. Bjornsen. I was having it and I was having it done in Malaga. End of story. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So um, we got over there, and I was the first person um, because the clinic had pretty much been furloughed and uh, so we didn't know what was going on with regard to what tests you needed to get back into the country um, so on that side it was a little bit stressful but again being a pathfinder what I was able to do was put together a bit of a spreadsheet mm. so as the clients started to, to come through the doors mm. you know, I was able to give them this information which really really helps because it was a bit of a minefield you know, when, um, when travel you know, restarted the second one just so simple you know you um, you go to the airport um, you come out the airport at Malaga there's a driver there holding your uh, your name card up jump into uh, into a nice car he takes you to the hotel go in you know drop your bags I had mine done on the Monday but uh, any other clients can actually drop the bags off and then make the way to, uh, to the Malaga clinic there and which then. is literally 300 yards away okay so enough. what this does is it reduces the stress for them on the day because they know where they're going the next morning okay? yeah of course they'll then go meet the uh, the doctor and the medical team and see the clinic and this puts them really at ease okay so yeah. then they can go away enjoy the evening turn up at 8 30 in the morning and then you know and they have to, their procedures the jobs done. Are
0: good. Um, what was the um, you said you obviously said that you went back and, and and got a got a second yes what was the what was the what was the thinking what was the rationale what was the reason okay. behind doing it a second so, time when you look at patients and you go to
1: the donor area, mm-hmm. we have to literally take hairs out in a specific pattern because if you take them too close together, the holes confuse. And this is why the back of people's heads sometimes look like pigeons have been pecking away. Mm. Uh, and that's a permanent disfigurement. So we have to work to these set patterns. Now, when we look at um, a patient's hair, they can have one hair follicle units, they can have two hair follicle units, they can have three, they can have four, some people can have five or six, okay? The typical is one to four. Now, in the category range that I would say I was in is an A, which was mainly one and two hairs. If you're lucky, you're mainly threes and fours. So, hypothetically, if you're taking um, 3,000 follicle units out of the back mm. of your head and you've got one hair, you're getting 3,000 of these, right? Yeah,
0: of course. Yeah, okay,
1: that's 3,000 hairs. Now, if you're one of the lucky guys and you've got loads of, you know, four hairs you know, look at the difference in thickness, (laughs) okay. Uh, Then, you know, if you move uh, 3,000 follicle units with four hairs, you're getting 12,000 hairs. Now, that's not always the case, but it gives you a good indication of the density difference that you would have, you know, 3,000 hairs against 12,000 hairs. Yeah, So so that's one of the big criteria, what people come in. My friend, oh yeah, got great results and somebody didn't have as good. Now, I wasn't a great candidate because most of mine... Were single hairs, and I've got very, very fine hair. Have you okay. always had fine hair? Yes, very. Okay. Okay. So, what happens is when we were doing the surgery and we take these out, the hair loss was quite advanced, and um, we could only safely take out so many follicle units in the one day. Okay. So we we built the front up. Uh, we put some in the midsection and where the hole was. So you can imagine we got the donut. Mm-hmm. Okay, we put some hairs in there just to to, to to blanket it and then plan for the next eight to twelve months to come in and have the second surgery. That eight to twelve months ended up being eighteen months. Um, just because of work. We you know, we've been so busy. So, you know, when we went in, we mainly did the the work in the, uh, in the crown area. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I was also, this was also interesting, I was already using, you know, the various different types of treatments. The hair regrowth in the crown, which is usually slower than the front because of the blood circulation, the results were phenomenally good within, like, three months. I was like, wow, what's going on? It was just incredible. So, you know, the fact that I can walk down the street and not, think about people going ah oh, look at him he looks like a
0: monk it's just incredible <laughs> friar tuck walking down the street mm. what um with the uh, on the subjects of of the of the hair follicles of, of the hair regrowing and the, and the recovery procedure well, mm-hmm. how did you how did you find that after the first surgery was it did it happen quicker than you thought did it happen slower it, than you thought it was thought? about
1: on it was about on par okay what's on par um, <clears throat> so when you have a hair transplant, you get to about 20 days and the hair shafts drop out. The follicle units pretty much go to, to sleep, okay? And then they'll just start popping the head out. Some will come out at 20 days. Some will come out 30 days. Some at 50 days. I still have new hairs coming through at six months. And people say, well, how do you know? Well, you know, when you shave and you get the bristle, you can feel them coming through in the hairline and different parts of uh, the transplanted zones. So you can feel that all the way along. And it's, um, it's interesting that... Once the hair drops out, you go into what we class as the ugly duckling phase. Okay. You know you've yeah, probably been know there. This phase and well. um, you know, <coughs> you then gotta be patient. Um, you, you can have treatments which can help accelerate PRP, really does help accelerate the growth. Um, but in general, you know, you can get early bloomers, you can get people that are on track, and then you can get late bloomers. And um, I was probably on track. So I started to see really good results around about four months. And then it seemed to go in spurts of every two months. Now, a hair transplant can take up to 18 months for it to fully mature. So you would need to think about if you've got a hair that comes through, I'd say six months time after the surgery, when it pops its head up, it's not coming out as a big, thick hair. It comes through as a little baby hair. And typically it takes three, six, nine, 12 months for those hairs to fully thicken okay so this is why we say it can take up to 18 months for the transplant to fully mature and i remember seeing um, there was there was a guy who had surgery around about six weeks after me in malaga a really nice guy musician from from stoke and um, <clears throat> he came to see me for his uh, six month review in uh, in manchester and he really wasn't seeing a lot of growth you know, uh, we could see the work, the pictures that uh, Dr. Rossler had done was just incredible. Really? Um, but it was, a lot of the hairs were still asleep. You know, there's a few which there, and this is what we'd class as a late bloomer. So I said, look, you know, do you trust me? Um, he wasn't a rich guy. You know, he, he put his, uh, his transplant on finance. Um, he trusted me. So we give him some treatments and give him some PRP. And then he sent me a video about four months later. And it came through whilst I was in consultation. You see it and you go, Yeah, what's that about? You know, so I recognized it, but I'm going, Who's that? And I'm looking at it, I'm going, Who is this rock star? (laughs) This hair had just gone boom. And then it took me about two or three minutes to actually work out who it was. And I'm (laughs) gone. Wow, so I got on the phone. I was (laughs) like, Hey, you know, what's happened there? You look like a rock star. He says, It's unbelievable. Uh, and he's actually given me around about um, six, seven really, really good leads. Okay. Really? Yeah, he's well, absolutely over the moon.
0: You know, you said you get some people who are whose recovery recovery time is you know a couple of months, um, others which is uh, you know on track as you say, mm-hmm. and others late bloomers. I mean, I certainly fall into the category of late bloomer. Okay. You know, it's only really in the last six to eight weeks that it's been. That it's been commented on by others, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yes, um, it's very hard because you see yourself every day to mm. really gauge the the differences. But when the comments start coming in from others, is when you start to think, okay, right, it's it's now time that it's actually coming into its yeah. own. Um, what are some of the variables? Do you think that that, that make that difference? I mean, I mean, so it could be one, anything. One right, of I the guess, biggest
1: things is, and, and again, this is probably one of the misconceptions that you know, if you have a hair transplant everybody's going to be the same they're going to be on time it's not everybody's unique people could actually be in a a stage where the hormone DHT is very active and stopping the blood supply so the scalp you know the reason why they're having a hair transplant is that they've lost hairs okay Um, and you know they might be in that stage where it's still very active And so if you put a follicle unit in, you've taken it from this area, the correct area, and there's a lot of clinics that don't take the hairs from the right area, okay? So when it's taken from there, it's immune to the hormone DHT. So when it's, you know, put into the top of the head, it will survive, whereas some of the other ones there, we don't know why. Well, we know that it is, okay? It's immune to this hormone DHT. So... The, the follicle unit is actually in a very hostile environment. And naturally, it's not going to perform as well. Okay, because obviously, the, the skin is going to be very tight, and the blood is still struggling to get through. So this is where you would really start to look at where treatments are going to benefit the client. Okay. And it's a combination of different types of treatments. And I find that the, the treatment pack that I certainly would uh, recommend for the patients um, will complement uh, this. Again, as I mentioned before, a DHT blocker, if it's active, um, a vasodilator to allow more blood through, and the blood source. And we can use um, the PRP treatments, which is exceptional for accelerating hairs that are in a growing phase. You know, So these are the type of things which will really, really help people. So if they're, if it's not happening, we can try and help them and accelerate them. Now, I also get asked the question, how long do I need to be on treatments? And I usually would recommend that when we're looking at a treatment plan to go 12 months. And then when we get to 12 months, we can then start to back off the amount of dosage that we're using and then go on to a maintenance phase. Okay, so what we want to do is maintain... The native hair that was the hair that you had on top of your head before the, the transplant and keep that from getting any thinner and being thick so all these treatments will help the hairs you know be be thicker
0: a, d- a lot of people that I've spoken to I think uh, that, you know a lot of as is always the way a lot of people come out the woodwork as yes. soon as you get it done suddenly people are asking um, where did you get it done yes why did you get it done um, and I feel Maybe I'm reading too much into it and maybe because yeah, I, I've got very good, very sort of close relationships with my friends that they feel more confident to speak about it. Um, do you think that there is a feeling of, not so much a stigma, but but maybe a more accepting nature to hair transplants? Definitely today, yes. Why is that, do you think?
1: I think social media platforms yeah. um, really do um, a great job in, in promoting um, hair transplants, you know. If you look at 10 less than 10 years ago it was a bit of a stigma hmm. you know uh, oh you have an hair transplant ooh, ooh, you know um whereas today you know all you see is people doing selfies doing videos yeah. um, of of the transplant themselves so uh, certainly since i've been on board i've seen a massive change in the uh, in the thinking of what goes on um so you know because of the social media platform it's more noticeable um because it's more readily available and the prices have reduced, um, then more people want things to to happen and they want it to happen quickly. You know.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting. There's also, I think, another misconception. I don't know. I've come across it more where hair transplants have always been seen. If there is a surgery for blokes, that would be it. Mm-hmm. But actually, something I've seen more more recently, or heard about more recently, is women having hair transplants. Yes. Um, so for me, a misconception was that it was just for the, it's just a, a guy surgery that you mm-hmm. do because men battle with hair loss, but actually women do as well. I mean, is there anything you can sort of explain about like the the, the, the trajectory of women now getting more and more hair trans? That, or has that always been the case, and it's just a little bit more public now, or is there still a stigma associated to I it? I think,
1: In general, when you look at the percentages that we do, you know, women are still very low in the the amount of um, percentage for, sure. for that for the hair transplant so if that's a, a bit of a stigma um, but I think in general male males suffer with um, hmm. pattern baldness a lot more um, but when it does happen to uh, to a woman it's uh, it can be really really devastating for them and you know typically with um, with female pattern baldness you'll see it starting to diffuse through the center but we also get a lot of uh, ladies that uh, go at the sides here, or want to do something with the hairline. Um, so we, we do a lot of a lot of work for the hairlines and the corners. Um, so it's it's a lot of work that's uh, required. But yeah, we we do a lot of that. Um, just on that one as well, I've also got quite a number of patients who are uh, transgender, and um, you know this is a very very big stage for them because what we're actually doing is changing their look from a male hairline which is very masculine to a feminine hairline and the results can be phenomenal
0: of course yeah i can imagine certainly with i mean it's not the 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 male face shape is not just determined by the jawline but also the hairline absolutely yeah yeah. of course interesting um and so tell me a little bit about because i know you've got the um you've got the clinic opening up in you've got we've obviously got the clinic in manchester but there's a there's a new one opening up as i believe is in that right in deansgate yes in deansgate yeah, great we,
1: uh, we'll start in the initial phase doing one surgery a day and then we'll ramp that up to uh, to two surgeries a day as it's um, it beds itself in sure know, so, a bit like uh, the hair
0: follicles absolutely yeah <laughs> how many how many surgeries how many surgeries do you do, do, you do on average a day then um in london we do yeah. four.
1: Okay. Okay, Malaga is just the one. Yeah. Okay. So when yeah. we open Manchester, it'll be just the one for the time being. And then as the demand um, starts to kick in and the, the teams are bedded in and we find out the, the little bugs that you get uh, in any uh, new bit building, then um, we will start to run that up to, to,
0: to two a day. Uh, I guess on the subject of stigmas and... and um Expectations. My expectation was always that it was going to be a male surgeon. and I don't know why.
1: Mm. So we've had a few female surgeons, mm. and they've been phenomenal.
0: Yeah, I can only imagine they would be. Yeah. yeah. But it's funny how I just expected—I I expected the surgeon to have gone through the process of male pattern baldness themselves. If that made any sense. Some, some have, some haven't. Yeah. You
1: know, but uh, I just find um, the. The, 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 the female uh, doctors we've had are just so good with
0: the patients. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? And
1: yeah. the patients just love them. And you know part of my role is to, um, when I send some you know people down to, to London, is to give them as much information. And this is years and years of experience coming in. And uh, a lot of the, uh, the, the doctors will turn around and say, we love your patients because they come in they're so relaxed because they know exactly what's going on Um, when you hear about people who go to you know that other country yeah (laughs) um, they uh, they really you know don't know what's going on. And like you, you mentioned before, <laughs> they go into a big building, yeah. and it's, you know it's almost like a hospital. What's going on? And then you know they can't even speak English. Mm. Um, that could be quite daunting.
0: Yeah, it feels like a, like going into like a like a warehouse. Well, not quite a warehouse, but you just you're, you're on the roster. Mm. You know, you're next up. So yeah. You know, in you go. Next. So again, going back to to Malaga, the fact that you're the
1: only person. Yeah. You are the centre of attention. And, and that is a, is a key thing for people making decisions yeah and if they
0: want that then that's what malaga really really delivers how important do you think aftercare is often oh, phenomenal. It? because i think a lot of people expectation is especially with what we've taken talking about with that famous other country that mm-hmm. that's known for it um you see People get on the flight, they land, they get it done, and people always laugh about the, fl- the, the flight they're after because you can always tell where you're flying back from because you Absolutely. know that everyone's they're all, got the bandages on the back. Um, and one of the sort of the, um, one of the reputations that they have is that aftercare is pretty lacking, um, and yet people still go. So I think it's quite interesting. It's, a lot
1: of it is based on cost. Sure. Okay, uh, and this unfortunately is a big buying criteria for a lot of people. You I know, mean, if you can imagine, you're even on something like this. Yeah, if you're um, 21, 22 years of age, you're probably not reached the peak of your income potential. You know, so uh, if somebody offers you something for X, Y, Z, and then you go to another company and they double the price, and you, they seem to think that you're getting an apple for an apple. And at the end of the day, it's far from the truth. Again, if you look at football teams, mm. if you've got you know um, a certain football team that's top of the Premiership European champions and they play a non-league football club, you almost guarantee that they're going to wipe the floor with them nine times out of ten and probably beat them 10-0. Um, why? Because they've got better players, they've got better staff, they've got better training, better equipment, better know-how. And when you put that together as a package it makes a huge difference. And I still remember when I was, uh, before COVID uh, hit, uh, I mean, I'm nearly six foot two. So uh, when we, I used to catch the, the Metro link from, from where I live in, in in Manchester into uh, Piccadilly. Um, you'd be crammed as if you was on... Um, like sardines. <laughs> you know, it's like sardines. So I'd be looking at people and saying, say, yep, yeah, he's been to that country and he's been to that country. He's got no trance. He could do whisking and pigmentation. PRP would work well for him. And I'd be like that for 45 minutes. And then same again going home. And you can look at people and go, oh my God, he's had a hair transplant. Because the follicle units or the hairs look like almost like a rice paddy. And instead of them being nice and compact and coming out and going in the right direction. It's sparse and spiky. Yeah, and they just, hair's going out. And also, um, when you look at the, the hairline, typically nearly all the hairs, not everyone, but nearly all the hairs in the hairline, the first two lines should be single hair follicle units. Why? Because when we were kids before we had any hair issues, that's how our hair grew naturally. Yeah. And I've seen people come in and they've had a six hair sticking out of that angle and a four hair sticking at that angle and a one and a two. And you just look at it and go, wow, that's a bit weird. And we use these uh, little HamPro pro uh, scopes and we can put them on there and you can see the, the hair and you're thinking, oh my God. So the only way you can really rectify that is by having reconstructive surgery. And we get to do a lot of uh, that. Now, this isn't just in that other country, sure. It's also
0: some of these budget clinics uh, in the UK. Do you find so? Do you find quite a lot of a lot of patients coming to you having sort of yes. almost? I mean, the you know, it's the old saying, isn't it? Buy cheap, buy twice. But just just because it's cheap, there's also other clinics, you know, who
1: you mm-hmm. can basically uh, and nearly double the price of ours. You know, it's, it really it? comes down to who are the surgeons and who are the medical teams. What well, you know, at Vinci. Um, every medical person has been through the Da Vinci Academy which is something unique and every one of them including the doctors are all on payroll this is one of the key factors and the reason for our you know success is that we don't subcontract any workout
0: that's interesting yeah okay
1: so we know what we're going to get every day of the uh, the week Every week of the month and every month of the year.
0: Isn't that interesting? It's um, it's funny you said that. When I when I, when I first had mine done, I I had five days after, uh, so I had the bid done as well. Mm-hmm. Um, hence the five thousand grafts that yes. I had in total. And then I went, um, and then I flew back to Black. I was in obviously in Sao Paulo, flew back to Lisbon, Lisbon back to London, and then I went straight back in back into the office. Um, to a few raised eyebrows because mm-hmm. I did look a bit like desperate Dan. I have to say with the with the stubble right? because okay. of course you had all the hair coming out. Um, and yeah, I t- it's interesting you say that because I then started to notice many more people that have had it done. Mm-hmm. Um, and lots of people that had, have done, that have had it done that it didn't look good or it was obvious. Yep. Should I say? Yeah. Um, and in some ways I thought, you could argue that it would have probably been better to have just not had it done in the first place, and waited, and done it properly. And actually, do you think some people take jump into these decisions too quickly? Do you think they should take this? Do you think they should spend some more time thinking through the process? Or, I think or, or so. Yeah. Is, yeah. is You know,
1: research helps, um, but there's so much BS on the on the internet. Lots of bros. So many lies. Mm. Even when you look at TrustPilot. You know, I remember somebody coming to me once and he says, oh, look at this clinic, you know, they've got 10,000, you know, trust pilot reviews. I can't remember the exact number. And they were saying when I researched that company, they'd only been in business um, three years and they were saying that they've done over 10,000 surgeries. And I'm thinking 10,000 surgeries in three (laughs) years. That's some serious going. So you just know that there's a lot of lies. Yeah. I think when you look at, uh, you know, the the establishment and uh, the, the bigger companies, they've been around for a long time, you know, and we've yeah. certainly been around for a long time. Yeah. And when you look at our pedigree, look at where we're located in Harley Street in London, and we've been in the same building, you know, for a long, long time, and... You know, to be in the West End of London uh, and be very, very successful. Not only have we been there for a long time, but we've gone from one room to two room to now four surgery rooms.
0: And to know. have that heritage, I mean, and it's, to have
1: that heritage. You know, we've also got the Malaga. Uh, if you look at what's happening with Vinci this year, um, we've got the Manchester um, clinic going on. Uh, then you know, this new surgical clinic, and then what's going on? You know, in in Brazil, you know, there's yeah. a, there's more clinics opening up there. So. So we're, uh, we're expanding into to growing markets, um, but we're still offering a, a five-star service. And again, it comes down to who are the doctors, who are the medical teams, because at the end of the day, they're the guys that put the follicle unit, the incision in. Is it going to come out and look natural, or is it going to look like this, or hair sticking out at yeah. all weird angles, you which unfortunately yeah. we get
0: to uh, to see. Amazing. Great stuff. Listen, Neil, absolutely pleasure having you, bud. Thank um, you. Can't wait to come out to Manchester. Give us a shout when it's open. I'll be the first up there. Perfect. Um, love to have a look around. It's uh, really exciting. Great to have you. And thanks for answering all the questions. Right? Mm-hmm. So this has been really, really helpful. And I'm sure you've uh, you've uh, answered a lot of people's questions at home. So thank you for that. Hopefully.
1: Hope. And if they haven't, then they can always come through to us. Exactly. Brilliant.
0: Thanks, bud. Thank you. No problem. Nice to see, we'll see you. What do we see on the next episode?